positive feedback loop. Hi, welcome to the Positive Feedback Loop podcast with Stephanie, Stephanie. Ray, and myself, Luis. Um, today, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things. Uh, we've decided to move away from very thematic episodes and just see where the conversations go. And, uh, you know, sit in, strap yourself in, and get ready for the ride of your week. Uh, I would say life, but we have these weekly, so, you know, you'll have another ride next week. What is your favorite ride? Have you guys been to theme parks lately? Uh, not so much lately. Um, I didn't really go to that many theme parks when I was growing up because Cuba. Um, there was the one we went to, and then I got <laughs> left behind there. Not by my parents. My parents were co-workers. Um, and that's a whole story. But otherwise, At the theme park? At the theme park, yeah. They left me behind. They did not follow the buddy system, and I got left behind. It was, was it fun. A, was it a water theme park? Because I can understand that. It was not a water, water theme park. park it was not of... a water park. Okay. It was just like a regular theme park. And it was the end of the day. We were about to go home, and they told the kids that they could go on one more ride. And I had two choices. I could go on the really stupid elephant ride, which is just these, like, you know, flying Dumbo kind of elephants. And then there was uh, the spinning chairs, which I like to call the spinning chairs of death because they just like were held together by like chain link and like that was it. Are um, these like and like centripetal force? Are they like the teacups in Disneyland? No, no, these are like spinning chairs in midair. Oh. The no. the elephant one was more like the teacups. Oh. And I and I being myself said, go ahead. I've actually, never been to Disneyland. Have I guys? never have either. Okay, yeah. why we should then come? Yeah. Well, I don't know if Steph has been. Steph has been. I think I went to. Disneyland and Universal Studios. Wait, how do you think you went to Disneyland? You, you know when like, you're so young that you don't know if your memories really are yours? Was was Mickey Mouse <laughs> there? Mm, memories. No. Then you weren't in Disneyland. Well, I'm sure I could have been in Disneyland without seeing Mickey Mouse. I'm pretty sure you'd have recognized Mickey Mouse in Disneyland. <laughs> it's like 90% of the place as far as my... Like going to Chuck E. Cheese and not eating pizza. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're pretty sure you're, or at least not seeing pizza, more like it. It's like <laughs> yeah. not seeing a single pizza. I yeah. think I remember the rides from Universal Studios better because isn't there an Indiana Jones ride in yes. Universal Studios? Yes, yes, right. That was one. Of I've my been favorites. to Universal Studios. Yeah, it was pretty good. I've always been a big fan of Indiana Jones. I wanted to so, be Indiana Jones. That actually reminds me. Um, my parents, uh, I love them, but they're not the best at striking conversations up with teenage girls who they don't know well. Uh, when I was in high school. I brought my girlfriend with me uh, to, a, to our place to, to have dinner. Uh, my parents had invited her. And How old were you at the time? Sorry. Huh? I was about 15 or 16. Okay. And I remember very clearly because my parents felt so uncomfortable because they didn't know what to talk to her about. She wasn't the most communicative, communicative person. And so they just kept talking about Indiana Jones because they found out that she had not seen Indiana Jones. And so they just kept the entire conversation was revolving around how she should be watching Indiana Jones, how Indiana Jones is great, and how she should really, really consider watching it. And she was just looking at them the entire time, just not knowing what to say because she hadn't seen it. So what else is she going to talk about? It was just a wild ride. Well, it's a classic. It came out quite a while ago. Yeah, People still watch it. Maybe not your age group. No, no, my age group. I'd seen it. Are your parents doing better now when you go out on dates with your girlfriend? Are they, are, they, are they better? Yeah, they're, they're better. They're better. They've, they've gotten a little bit better. But also, I'm not dating teenagers anymore. So that <laughs> <Don't> helps. <die. laughs> 
So you say. <laughs> <laughs> that, that helps. Uh, so, Ray, tell me, you had something you wanted to bring up. I am very interested in the elections coming up in two days from today. So today oh, so is the 6th, yeah, today's the 7th, so yeah. actually it's tomorrow. Yeah, but today's the 7th of, of November, November. Uh, 2024. <laughs> uh, we are voting between Khan and Kodos, so watch out for that. Uh, you know, please get out and vote. Yeah, and um, it's actually 2016 for people who actually might be listening <laughs> to this <laughs> after 2024. And you Is missed it? out on the last podcast when Luis told a lot of lies. <laughs> <laughs> lie after lie. I mean, they weren't lies, they were just jokes, right? <laughs> oh, that's why we love you. They're called truth facts. And they oh. are they are they are copyrighted, Luis, twenty sixteen. So truth facts. Can you actually? I heard that I wasn't very clear on exactly. They are they are lies. Truth facts are lies. I cover. I just say with a straight face. I see. Yeah, yeah. I'm as confused as you are. Yeah, I believe most of those. Yeah, we sh- really shouldn't. <laughs> Don't believe me most of the time. Okay. Uh, so I kind of want to see what you guys think about question four on the ballot this year, which is the option to legalize uh, marijuana on in our state of Massachusetts. Uh, before we get into this, should we? I think we should have the uh, Ricardo Santos Juarez, our editor, throw in a little like uh, political corner music just to intro this piece, because we're getting political right now. <laughs> That's a good point. You could cut yeah, this part out, but yeah. have that. You know, yeah. Trumpets, something patriotic. Politics! <laughs> yes. Um, so yes, marijuana and its adoption. Um, I see no reason it shouldn't be. I mean, that's just my position. It's just one of those things. I think it's largely harmless, and there's no reason why we should be spending law enforcement dollars on chasing it down. Okay. Why do you think it's harmless? I mean, it's mostly harmless. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the research has shown it's not great for people who are have developing brains and people who abuse it a lot, but. Overall, I mean, compared to the current legal drugs on the market, it's it's nothing. It's far less toxic than alcohol, and no one's ever OD'd on it. So. Really? Yeah, not a single person has ever overdosed on marijuana because. I feel like that's a truth fact. <laughs> no, that's actually true. <laughs> it's true. I think yeah. it's, it's true. Yeah. Unless they're like injecting themselves with artificial THC, no one has OD'd on smoking. That's marijuana. true. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, there, one of the issues that's cropped up in some states that have legalized it is that... Edibles. The edibles, yeah. Because kids can... Those damn well, edibles. The kids will see edibles and not know yeah. that they are not supposed to eat those. Well, because it's they're, like not leaving pills out because kids can... Yeah, but, but pills are look a little bit more... Pill-like. You know, yeah. Meanwhile, edibles are literally brownies. And, However, like, yeah. fun... And they're always wrapped in, like, these fun packages and all that, so... But speaking of the packaging, I've actually seen some edibles, and they do have, like, protective packaging, so, like, you need to, like, click on some parts to move the package open, like a safety lock kind of thing, so there are... Oh, that's interesting. ...protections for that. It's any evolving industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, I personally think that ODing on something can't just be the only reason it would be bad. For example, you can't really OD on smoking, Cigarettes. Cigarettes. Ooh. I mean, but it will kill you. Anything in excess will kill you. But the question is, is how do you feel about morally? Now, for me, coming from a religious background, um, abusing drugs and you know 
is usually not okay. So yeah. or I mean is always not okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know, except when you're really partying. Then it's <laughs> right. okay. Right. So yeah. Um so from my in my background, it's completely not okay. Yeah. To do weed or do anything. Yeah, and I respect that. Absolutely. I just think that people should be given that choice. Interesting. You know, the, I mean, if you're a religious person, I mean, no one's going to force you to smoke weed, I mean, to smoke marijuana or... But then we get into the philosophical part of this, which is, is any, people think, well, everyone has, I I agree that everyone should have a choice um, to make their own choices. Uh, I think free agency is a, a huge benefit that we have. But I also worry about those choices that affect others, and the, the fallacy that any choice in this world doesn't affect another human being. Of course. Yeah. I actually think that there's no choice in the world that doesn't affect another human being. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of any that would be. I guess it's very, very. I can't see many examples of choices that would be completely without any effect whatsoever. You, you can argue Except like, for like, where to put my foot sometimes. Or you just, know, that that affects me. <laughs> <laughs> or just even the act of thinking. I can have a thought and it generally does not affect anyone right away or immediately. I would disagree. Directly does not affect. I would agree with you. Thoughts are very powerful and ideas can change worlds. And for, for users who are for listeners who are slightly confused, Ray has moved around. Which is why his voice may sound different from before. <laughs> Just letting you know that this is happening. Sorry, Just getting closer to, closer to the action, you know. Um, <laughs> um, he wanted to be near us. <laughs> he was he's sitting very far away in a corner in a cage. We had yeah. him locked up. We finally he let him get out of the cage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we let him out. We uh, let him out, yeah. I was able to fight that bear off. That was... Yeah, <laughs> how, how did you do after that bear fight? That bear was just... Didn't want to stop fighting. I mean, after 12 shotgun shots in his chest and he just kept coming at me like the reverend bear and it was just like crazy how did the bacon feel bacon yeah on your wounds actually i'm curious no, he was wrapped in bacon i was i was wrapped in bacon grease bacon bacon grease and i thought that would help me escape but actually i think the bear was just hungrier and he like alerted his friends like hey we got bacon so it wasn't good it wasn't a do bears have cell phones do they have a method of communication that like is more advanced than just yelling like real loud? Yeah, I think yeah. That what the, Do they have like a dedicated bacon call. What this bear, <laughs> used, what this bear did, the one I was work, not working with, but actually attacking, uh, he would he would, um, know how you feel about your he would bang on the big trees, and yeah. those trees would make a sound, and the other bears would come. Along. There's a lot of trees in the near Western, so yeah, we're in the middle of a forest. So I'm uh, sensing that you both really love truth facts. <laughs> The, uh, I'm going to correct you. It's truth facts. Not true facts. True facts are true facts that are actually true. Truth, truth facts, facts are, are not. Lies. They're like They're like the the mock chicken of, like, truth. You know, they're imitation truth. They're kind of there, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those, for those of you who are confused, uh, last week we, uh, Ray was absent because he was off fighting a bear that had assaulted the, the school. And... The entire uh, school yeah, was assaulted. Yeah. We were, Wait, we were all of Questrom or all of Boston University? Just Questrom, just Questrom. In all different ways of assault. Eh, that's not yeah. too many people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, getting back on, on the topic at hand, which I think it is an interesting conversation, uh, you know, there's this dichotomy of use and abuse, and then there's that also that the medicinal effects that marijuana also has, which are another reason why people kind of push for its legalization. And then you have people who are all for just legalizing all drugs because they say, you know, it's your body, you should 
do whatever you want with it. And but I agree, you know, some some things have an impact on others, and things that are highly addictive are going to have an impact on those around you. Uh, thankfully, one of the things that does help marijuana in terms of the situation is that it's mostly psychologically addictive in that like you can build dependence on it if you just do it a lot, but it's not physiologically addictive. Like you're not, it doesn't help you. It's not addictive in the same way cigarettes are. It's more just. I mean, one thing. It's as addictive as anything that feels good, which is like video games, etc. You know. Right, but there's also addictions that are real and that trigger physical addiction pathways within the brain. Yeah, that's physiological. That are legal and that are actually prescribed and that are also, um, you know, physicians are in a way motivated to be prescribing these drugs to people, opioids, for example, which is a huge problem in this country, in this yeah. state. Um, and this is something that does these things, they affect other people. They're legal, but, and they cause damage to the person and their families and the communities around them. So, um, but would, you, pers- would yeah. you say that those things, opioids that help a patient relieve their pain, should they be also made illegal? I mean, in a way they're restricted, yeah, and they're regulated the same way I think. Yeah, I guess like that does bring could. The, yeah, I done. guess that does bring the question of what constitutes a bad drug, because caffeine, I mean, is a drug we take and people do that all the time, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's what it does. It's a chemical compound that helps you keep you awake and has some stimulant effects. But well, has I personally that, don't like caffeine, so I don't ever intake caffeine because true. I believe it is a bad choice and for my health. So. Yeah. I think that there are there are values that we put on certain substances, and because uh, coffee, for example, has just become part of American culture, we yeah. start not many, just American culture; well, it's a world worldwide culture, thing. Yeah. That everybody thinks, well, then it must be good because it's part of our culture. When there are people like me that think coffee is a complete no-no because we haven't bought into that culture. Hmm. So I think that there are substances where you know, the culture has formulated a, a mind view, despite it being addictive, that it's okay. Because I mean, I definitely argue, that's the same with alcohol yeah. and cigarettes. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, alcohol addiction is clearly a thing, but it's not, it's not seen as... You don't as, need a prescription to drink wine. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe one... Although it is good for your health. health. Eh? It is good for your health. In, in, well, there's in studies that go form. both ways. Well, I mean, not abusing it. Just, what I find interesting, too, is like the... Alcohol and tobacco industries are the ones that are really fighting, I think, the legalization of marijuana in the future. However, because I think that it cannibalizes their current products. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It gives you the relaxing effects without a significant hangover, which is, and it has a less likelihood of killing you, and you're less likely to do something ass stupid. I don't know. Well, I mean, you can still do pretty stupid things. Never mind. But if... (laughs) If and when it does become legal to have recreational marijuana around, the tobacco and alcohol industries will be the first ones to create a go-to-market strategy to sell marijuana to the masses. Yeah, I mean, it's either that Which or... Which is interesting, because they're the same ones avoiding that happen. Avoiding so you that. think they'll enter the market to... To sell Almost marijuana. to self-cannibalize in a sense. Yes, well, I mean, it's that, better if that to, money goes to you than it goes right. to someone else. They already to protect know, themselves. They already have a huge pushback against cigarettes. And alcohol is getting a bad rap in some places. I mean, that's still not going to go away. 
alcohol's been there for millennia, right? Um, but but and so is marijuana for that fact. And some argue that alcohol is the reason why we have civilization altogether. Yeah, and we don't want to take that away. I'm not even joking. This is a legitimate theory that people have. There's theories about that. And yeah. There's theories that the reason we're able to communicate is through psychedelic uh, substances that exist occurring. I have never heard this one. No. That we can only talk because we've been we've been high all along. <laughs> not high all along. So there there are there are many theories. Here's one. It's uh, I think it comes from the. Um, the Dead Sea Scrolls. We should look into the Dead Sea Scrolls and a little bit of research into that. Yeah. Um, do that, Johnny. Okay. Now his name is Johnny. Wait, so, is he's not our assistant. He's my, just the my editor. Point was, <laughs> there is this like underlying theory he's that okay. when we were evolving out from being apes or whatnot, if you believe in that or not, yeah. um, that it's a strong theory. Um, we were able to climb trees and whatnot, but when we went down into the next to the trunk of the trees, the bottom, that's where there were a lot of fungus, fungi growing, and some of those fungi contained uh, chemicals that caused hallucinogenic um, responses in the, yeah. in the body. But you know, you don't understand what that was at the time. It's not like, oh, dude, we're tripping. It's more like there's this empathogenic connection with the community around you, and some theorize that this enabled or catalyzed communication amongst living mm. creatures. I, I would I would say that I have a little difficulty believing that theory, mostly because evolutionarily speaking, we are primed for communication and cooperation, and it's not just a... Like we thing. have to be on drugs to do that? Yeah, I don't think we require drugs to be uh, communicating. I mean, it is the main survival strategy for our species, and that's cooperation. So communication was one means to do that, and I don't think... Uh, Drugs were necessary for that. Although, the idea that I was thinking about was that as humanity created more surplus in terms of farming and using up, you know, because agriculture had been developed, there were people who were able to devote their time to growing non food, you know, in this case, alcohol. Um, and originally, alcohol was also kind of like it, it had a lot of nutrition in it because it, a lot of it was like bread and. It was kind of like a liquid bread with, you know, that didn't go bad because it was fermented and had um, had a lot of alcohol in it. So people would move to the cities to be able to get it because that's where you had people who already had enough sort of surplus of agricultural goods that they could that there could be people to devote their time to making alcohol, and then that drew in people from the outside of the cities to yeah. so they could actually like drink up. The yeast that is used to ferment and make alcohol. Is a fungi, right? Yeah. So, I found that the name of the theory is called we can stoned, bring oh, okay. stoned ape theory. So. Ah, stoned ape theory. Yeah. That sounds like that sounds like a drink, like a beer brand. Also, a, a sounds like a podcast. By yeah. the name of Terence McKenna, M C K E N N A, uh, did a little research on this type of uh, thought. So, hmm. check it out if you're interested. Yeah. So, listeners, Thanks you can listening. definitely give that a look. And we'll be right back after these a short word from our sponsors. Hey, Ray. Have you ever had a beriberi? No. Well, you really should. How does it feel when you have dinner and you're done with your meal and you think, man, I really wish I could get the taste of that guy, berry, in my mouth. But you don't want to do anything particularly egregious and weird. 
Well, I have you news for you. Every single day. <laughs> well, perfect. I have news for you. How about a berry berry? It's a berry made from the essence of a berry. Get out! Yeah. So, find your local berry, and you can ask him some berry berries. They're the best. They're the berriest. Welcome back to Positive Feedback Loop with Luis, Ray, and Steph. And we are talking about... Something. Eye color. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever notice what color people's eyes are? Uh, not really. I'm not particularly attentive. Like, only because you said that I'm noticing your eye color, but like, otherwise, yeah. I don't particularly notice people's eyes. What co color eyes uh, does your girlfriend have? Similar to mine. Are you sure? Yeah. We, She'll be listening to this. Yeah, no, she, she, <laughs> we, we, we talk about this, the fact that we have similar eyes. It's, hmm. it's slightly odd. Okay, next <laughs> quiz. Ray, what color are your mother's eyes? Go. Whose eyes? Your mother's. I believe they're brown eyes. They are brown eyes. My dad has slightly, like a slight tint of green, but they're also wow, kind of brown. Wow, Yeah. And my brother also has brown eyes. Hmm. And it's a dominant gene in our family. Brown eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, on my mother's side, we have blue eyes skipping generations, but that's about it. Really? Like yeah. every other generation? Yeah, well, I mean, not every other, but like I know my grandfather. Uh, that's where I got them from. Where My eyes kind of like are somewhere in between. Does it say anything about a person, yeah. what kind of color eyes they have? Not really. It's just People with genetic. blue eyes don't have souls. We know it, that much. Well, it also, it also <laughs> does mean, I, I believe that it's correlated with uh, visual acuity. So you're more really? likely to have eye problems if you have blue eyes, if I'm not mistaken. But that I don't know what the science is on that um, at yeah, this point. That's something I heard years are. ago. So I don't know if that's still been shown. I forget what the what it's called when the the pupil um, leaks into the iris. You know where the black of your eye, um, like it leaks out into the color of your eye. But it's really cool. Like it's, um, I have a few friends where that they have kind of like that leakage. It's I'm just a not really sure. Cool effect. All I know is that I had LASIK, and I can tell you right now, <laughs> I definitely had my eyes sliced open at one point, ah. and I remember going a little blind. So maybe at that point it was a similar effect where I just had like a black surface instead of an iris, or rather, uh, yeah. Iris, Isn't that a scary thing when you're you can't see in some in some uh for a, over a day or a week you are just completely blind you like think wait what if it never comes back Oh no it well at least with LASIK it's not doesn't take as long mm -hmm. um, Well I guess it does a little bit but the main terrifying thing is the actual surgery itself mm. because you're completely conscious the entire time what? and Can, they just you give can't you feel anything they just gave me like. A Valium or something? I don't know. It was just like... Yeah, they just gave me like an anti-anxiety pill. And they were like, alright, you're ready to go. And it's like a five-minute procedure. They basically like suck out your eye a little bit, slice it open, move over the like the, this, the part that they sliced open, shoot lasers at it. You're blind at this point because like you don't have your eye in a proper form. And then they seal it back up and you're good to go. Where do I sign up for this? It's, uh, I'm so squeamish right now. I was thinking we should do anti-commercials. <laughs> Just have Luis talk about any service or product for five minutes, and nobody will ever buy it. I am I am very critical of products a lot of the time, but I know I, I do actually. I there were negative side effects, 
to the surgery, so I have a mild case of night blindness, which is a problem. But honestly, compared to my vision before, which was negative seven, negative eight, so I was basically blind without my glasses. Wow. It's such an improvement. I it's, it's been 100% worth it. I mean, That's just incredible. fully worth it. It's amazing. Because now I wake up and I see. Instead of waking up, trying to find my glasses, dropping them on the floor, and then spending the next 10 to 15 minutes trying not to step on my glasses while I look for them. Because yeah. I can't see. No, I just can't see at night. But eh, who needs night vision? Oh, dear. <laughs> you know, what's interesting now is that people are without... That are completely blind. That's true, yeah. They're able to have implants inside of their brain in order to kind of see spatially. Yeah. Or like lights at least. It's it's tackling tackling blindness is such a complex thing because there's so many types of blindness. Well, there's also color blindness. And I have seen, at least, you know, on YouTube, you see uh, spouses that video their, their husband or wife. Uh, seeing color for the first time because they make glasses, sunglasses yeah. now basically that can fix your color blindness. And watching them see color for the first time is incredible. And then there are people who are deaf, and watching them as they hear sound for the first time is also pretty yeah. incredible. Imagine uh, that your spouse hears you for the first time and just cries out of horror. <laughs> oh god is that what you sound like ah <laughs> there's Louise again making any service into the anti-service before, yeah exactly so before you get that you know Take sense repaired you better make sure you have a good sounding spouse I guess is that the moral story uh, the moral others, story is you know. nothing will ever work out everything's awful and um, we'll this. all be dead someday no I'm kidding guys everything's great you should you should be happy because life's awesome. Yeah, Louis Even is one of the most optimistic people that I know. So they have new um, a new sign language now, where it's um, so it used to be if you were deaf and blind, you would just have to finger spell into someone else's hand. So you'd literally have to spell every single yeah. word out into someone's hand by letter. And now they've uh, developed kind of an ASL for the d- blind and deaf. Hmm. where you um, have certain uh, movements you can do so you, that mean words just like in the ASL, so yeah. you don't need to spell them out. Oh, that's cool. It's incredible to me that it's taken us this long <laughs> to figure something like that out. Yeah. Well, it's also difficult to standardize any of these systems. Unseen. We've seen so many languages fail. I mean, how many people use Esperanto? Yeah, the answer is no one. It's no Esperanto. One. Esperanto was that language that was supposed to be like a like a unified language using all the like the things in common between most world languages to kind of create like a one world language. It has not worked out. Um, but I, t- to be frank, when you were when you mentioned that they made a new sign language, my brain instantly went to Wiley e. Coyote holding up signs. I don't know why. <laughs> a language of signs. Yeah. I miss watching those cartoons. I have misgivings about so on the one hand a lot of those cartoons that we grew up with I think were great but in retrospect they're so much worse than what America what kids have nowadays like Tom and Jerry was terrible people loved it why was it was terrible just, they it constantly was, played pranks on each other and that's all they did all day. all they did it's not even pranks they were like deadly attacks on each other <laughs> it was they're literally trying to murder each other 
A lot of cartoons back in the day were just about murder. <laughs> what attempted murder and yeah. failure to do so. And like thievery and deceit, deception. Yeah. And... I mean, look, Daffy Duck, Bugs Bunny, and Elmer Fudd trying to kill each other constantly. That's so true. <laughs> Tricking each other. Tom and Jerry, murder. Uh, Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote, murder. Like, it's all about murder. <laughs> yeah, when you have like a 20 ton. Anvil, anvil, yeah. And you're trying to hit somebody with it. You're not trying to like preserve their life. In That's any true. Way. There it's... were a lot of pianos dropped out of windows on yeah. the. Which is characters. also a f- like just a great loss to music. Can we just say I don't know. the amount of pianos lost? Have Sorry. you ever been to the MIT piano drop, Baker House piano drop? I have never heard of this. Every year, MIT um, students they procure a really old piano that needs to be put out to pasture anyway. Yeah. So they're not. Yeah. You know, ruining. It's a piano beyond repair, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they take it up to the top of Baker House, which is a dorm on MIT campus, and they drop the piano from the roof onto the ground. And they fill it with something different every time. So something they'll, they'll fill it with confetti or something. And so when it drops it to the ground, it just, into... yeah, it just like is a plume of confetti. Yeah. What are cartoons about these days? They tend to have a lot more... Uh, like interesting themes that are tend to be more welcoming to older viewers, which is why you've seen so many cartoons that like have like young adult and actually like grown adult popular like watchers and viewers. So you have your you know the same way that uh, there's a ton of people who are into My Little Pony. I don't know about that one, but there's uh, there's huge populations for a lot of these cartoons because they're made to be more welcoming to the parents of kids. So there's a lot more material there for the parents, as well, opposed to just I mean, for the kids. Do you think we watch too much TV as a society? Because that bothers me I don't me know about lot. that. I, I feel like we do. I think it depends. If you're talking about TV specifically, not anymore. Just, but if you're talking about like consuming content, yes, we consume constant content constantly. I like can't go like a minute without. Well, if you count Netflix as TV, I think yeah. there's a lot of watching yeah. going on. That's what I mean with content versus television. Because, right. I mean, Netflix is not traditionally television. I mean, That's, television, does television still exist? It does, exists, if you're not, yeah. like... Depending on how you define it, I guess? It absolutely like, does. There's still television. Yeah, there's still right. huge swaths of the population that watch almost exclusively, like, you know, TV. They don't watch a lot of Netflix or things like that. True. But that number is shrinking, so that business is trying to adjust. And right as we're going over that, like, kind of golden period of television that, we're, that we've been kind of seeing, where, like, a lot of content has been... You know, trying to be a lot of companies have been trying to differentiate themselves with really high quality television products, but there's so much competition that so much falls by the wayside, and it's impossible. You get a like a level of viewer fatigue, where I have so many people telling me that I should be watching this thing or that thing or this other thing, and this other thing's great, and I really should like put aside some time to watch it, and I and I just can't. So it all just starts falling by the wayside. I right. feel like that's also being live TV isn't just being replaced by, you know, Netflix, which is. Yeah, you know you can watch later, but I think it's also being replaced by live video feeds. So you think about Periscope, or you think about live video on Twitter. It's or being Facebook. replaced by content in general. Like you know, video games are content, replacing. There's delayed no, content. No, but it's it's right? not just that. Like I think like people have. If you think about it from just the standpoint of having a choice in how to entertain yourself, which is mostly what TV does, apart from education, people have so many choices now that it is astounding to me. That we can manage it at all. So that's what I'm saying. My question wasn't, do we watch too much TV? Rather, the question was, are we entertaining ourselves more than we used to entertain ourselves? Oh, yes, absolutely. 
We consume more information. But maybe the information is not part of entertainment. As, as you said briefly earlier, it's about maybe education. You're reading the news or watching a documentary, like the new documentary on Nat Geo with Leonardo DiCaprio that I watched that was called, mm-hmm. I forgot, but it was really But isn't that a form of entertainment? Warming. Climate I mean, change. I would say that, I mean, you... Well, then that means anything is entertainment. Going well, to class is entertainment. No, sure. no, I would say that, like, uh, watching a... You could watch, let's say you watch a movie. Yeah. And the movie is strictly a drama, but it's a biopic. It's about someone's life. How is that different is from that, sitting in class? Because, <laughs> well, first of all, it's more entertaining, generally speaking. <laughs> I'm entertaining class. It, it's not strictly the whole point. Isn't strictly education. It's more you know engaging the the, the viewer and get, kind of getting an emotional response. Good education response. about engaging the viewer. True, and we're going to be seeing the blurring of the line between education and entertainment as so. time passes. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a thing that's going to be happening. And that's going to be a more effective way to educate the masses because with entertainment there comes like points where you just really lock in some ideas. Because when you watch a movie, we're locking those yeah. ideas because they're yeah. tied to because emotional. Because of the better storytelling. Yeah. Storytelling, whatever is emotionally happening to you at the, or the person or the protagonist at the time. Uh, but in education, when we're getting a lecture, it's like it's more of like a broadcast, right? Yeah. Right. Not really. Well, then the real question here is, listener, what do you think this podcast is? Is it education? Is it entertainment? What are you getting out of this, if anything? You can let us know by That's nice. emailing us at contact us at... Positive feedback loop. No, pflpodcast.com. That was it. Yep. I Check believe that is our email. pflpodcast.com. Or drop us a line on our blog, which should have content at some point in the future. <laughs> and listen to us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash pflpodcast. I feel like if they're already listening to it here, they're probably, they're well, probably not Well, who knows? SoundCloud. We might be yeah, distributing it elsewhere. That's true. Well, it's been great. We're going to be selling it in street corners. Last words of advice are... Stay crazy. Vote. Stay true to your values. All right. All right. (laughs) See y'all later. See y'all later. This is goodbye from Positive Feedback Loop. Enjoy.